Park Hopping Podcast number 85, Holiday Recycling. Lots of important things to say. This is not art. Coming up next in our show. This is not media. First, the news. This is not news. Now, welcome back to the show. This is another crappy podcast production. Celebrating over 12 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet. This is another crappy podcast production. Hey, I don't have time to plug anything here right now. You're welcome. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 85, the podcast that proves anyone can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast, Des Moines, Iowa's only Disney fan podcast. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, I discussed some of the sights, sounds, and smells that make the Disney theme park experience go well beyond rides and themed buildings. Today, well, it's it's time to get out your park hopping pass, because we're headed out to California and to the original Disneyland once again with a real quick look, or listen, to a bit of exclusive California holiday audio that apparently originated in Florida. Now, I'm a bit delayed this week, so I want to get started immediately. We're now almost halfway into November 2008. The holiday decorations and Christmas displays are all over town, and and in fact, when I went out less than a week after Halloween, it seemed the local stores had already turned from selling bloody skulls and cobwebs to peddling fake snow and blinking lights. So what happened to Thanksgiving? Anyway, that's what I want to know. I guess the days of Christmas starting after Thanksgiving are long gone, but it was a good childhood. So today we'll be experiencing a bit of holiday cheer from a Disneyland visit a few years ago. As usual, I'll start off with a brief bit of background, which may or may not be completely inaccurate. Now, Disneyland seems to always be doing something special to plus the show they present to guests. Sometimes it's as simple as adding some Indian teepees to the entrance of Frontierland, which they did about ten years ago, complete with some smoking campfires. I didn't think much about it at the time other than, oh, cool, that's a neat little touch. But recently I ran across some concept artwork from the original Frontierland, and it included Indian teepees right outside the fort entrance. I dropped by Yesterland.com to see if Werner had any old photos of the entrance of Frontierland, but I didn't find anything. So does anyone know if these teepees existed in the early days of Disneyland and then went away and were just brought back in the 90s? Or was this a case of unfinished business where some idea planned for long ago finally made it off the drawing board? Now, incidentally, I have only one photo of these teepees in my DisneyFans.com photo gallery Uh, in the 1996 to 1999 section. Only one photo in those years. So I know it came from sometime between 96 and 99. But the photo doesn't contain the date it was taken, so I I can't narrow it down to a specific year. The next photo I have of the TPs were from March 18, 1999, so I know they must have been brought back to the park sometimes before then. They were still there in 2001, but by March 2nd, 2002, several of the TPs were down to just wooden frames, and by December 2003, they were removed completely. But I digress. Guess I'm kind of glad I took all those extra photos. Today, I'm not here to talk about TPs. I'm just here to talk about ways Disney pluses parts of their theme parks, sorta. For instance, in February 2004, MousePlanet.com ran a Disney Park update, a Disneyland uh, news update, and they talked about some testing going on for the then-upcoming 50th anniversary of Disneyland. 
Disney was working with a special effects firm called Panny, or Panny, P-A-N-I, whatever, on some high-tech projectors, which they could use to project images on Sleeping Beauty Castle. Some photos were posted of tests of this system, including a golden castle with a red ribbon wrapped around it and a big 5-0 superimposed over it. And there was another photo that showed the castle wrapped in red, white, and blue American flag graphics, perhaps as a proof of concept of what they might do for a July 4th show. Does anyone know if they ever actually did that? Now, projections are nothing new, of course. The magic here was that they had a special way to make the projected images line up and fit three-dimensional objects. The image would wrap around the spires of the castle, outline windows, and, and provide highlights to the smallest of details on the castle. That part was really amazing, and the fact they could hide several projectors around the lagoon and make a seamless image appear to wrap around the structure was pretty impressive. This technology did make its way to Disneyland for the 50th anniversary, where they would project animations on the castle during the fireworks show. To absorb the huge crowds that that year, um, Disneyland was also adding projections over to the It's a Small World facade. The fireworks show had been designed to be seen from the hub on Main Street, with fireworks launching all around the area from behind the, the walls of Main Street, and from the castle, and from behind the castle, and none of this really worked well if you watched it from the Small World area. So Disney put together something special to encourage some of the huge crowds to go check it out over there. The projections there included things like Tinkerbell flying around and images from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride for that section of the fireworks and other related video clips during appropriate sections of the fireworks show. It was pretty neat and worth seeing from both locations even if it didn't compare at all to the full experience you got from the hub. Now, I have multiple full HD videos of the show from both locations, so maybe I can edit something together to post when I finally retire and have time for all these side projects. But as you might expect, even this isn't really what today's show is about. Instead, we look at what Disney did with these projectors when it came around to Christmas time that year. And Disneyland does a few special things for the holidays. In 1984, the Country Bear Jamboree got a new holiday show, the Country Bear Christmas. You can read more about this defunct Disneyland show at yesterland.com. In 1997, uh, they started transforming It's a Small World into It's a Small World Holiday, and they replaced the song It's a Small World with a montage of that song and Jingle Bells and Deck the Halls. And in 2001, the Haunted Mansion became the Nightmare Before Christmas-inspired Haunted Mansion holiday. So with Small World already covered in thousands of sparkling Christmas lights, and the facade's rocking face topped with a giant Santa cap, of course Disney would want to do even more for the holidays. So every 15 minutes after the Small World clock would go off, a new projection show would be presented. These projections were amazing in that they actually projected tiny squares and triangles and circles and even the numbers of the clock right on top of the actual three-dimensional shapes of that complex small world facade. It was a spectacular thing, and the magic behind making all those angles line up is probably even more spectacular. I, I'm betting they use computers. In, anyway, the first time I saw this show was that year when it was brand new, and it was presented to a fun holiday song. I'll play that for you now, and then I'll finally get to the point of today's episode. So here we go with some audio that was recorded on December 14th, 2005.
Welcome back. Now, we all know Disney likes to reuse things when they can. Certain parade floats get recycled. Things from one park get relocated or recreated in another park somewhere else in the world. And ideas that start off as small tests in a room at Epcot's Innoventions end up being arcade games at Disneyland or installations at Disney Quest. I'm looking at you, Aladdin's Magic Carpet VR ride. Anyway, because of this, I was, I was kind of surprised to see that Walt Disney World was still using the old-style simple cutout projectors on their castle for their holiday fireworks show in 2006. The only thing they seemed to be able to project were just static shapes, which they could move around and spin, but it was still a static shape. So a static shape of a snowflake could be projected on Cinderella Castle, and it could spin around as the projection panned from the top of the castle to the ground to make it look like falling snow, and this was nice enough, but nowhere near as fancy as the complex full video projections Disneyland was using. Likewise, projections being used for the Halloween fireworks show that I saw in, uh, what, 2007, they were the similarly limited ones of shapes like faces or bats or ghosts, while California was getting some true multimedia love. Well, sure, I bet that at some point Florida will get those high-tech projectors, and then think about what they can do with them on that much larger castle they have out there. But right now, all I have to say is that if you really liked what they do with projections in Florida, you'll be blown away with what they do with them in California. But there was one example of Disney reuse that came from this, and it did jump out at me. During the Florida fireworks show, a musical sequence at the very end is played, and I immediately recognized it as the music from the Small World Light Show. In this case, I guess they already had the projectors in California, so why not just grab some music from another holiday show out east and use it in Disneyland? In this case, I'm betting folks used to hearing the music in Florida will be associating it with a magnificent fireworks finale, and thus be a bit let down when they hear the music used basically under a fancy video projection clock show at Disneyland. Or perhaps they'll be too blown away by what those projectors can do to even care that Disney recycled the music. Anyway, so I'll close today with that same tune, this time played under the fireworks finale at the Magic Kingdom's Christmas fireworks show as seen, or heard rather, on December 5th, 2006.
Welcome back again. Yeah, I, I know, it's the same music track, but the second time around it had explosions in it. Explosions are cool. Anyway, that, that's all I have time for today, but I'll be back soon with some more park-hopping goodness. And remember, for the first time in 53 years, Disneyland will be using an artificial Christmas tree this holiday season. And they even found a way to spin this as if it's an amazing new feature in this month's official Disneyland Resort video podcast. So go check it out. I'm sure it'll be impressive, but if I find out it's just the old tree from Florida or another park relocated after that park got a bigger, better one for this year, I might be a bit let down. Well, I'll be out there in a few weeks and check it out, and I'll let you know. And speaking of checking things out, the next time you're there, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again, or the music from it's just going to be used on a different show on the different coast. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse around 53,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, including Disneyland's short-lived TPs and Frontierland, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks. And if you want to drop me a note, please do. My email address is podcast at disneyfans.com. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 85, Holiday Recycling. Thanks for listening. Another Crappy Podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting uh, podcasts. Hey, if you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World and plan to stay off-site, and you've ever wondered what the deal is with all those cheap ticket timeshare promotions, visit DisneyFans.com secret. You can get a special deal at a luxury resort, all by enjoying a great breakfast while taking a tour and listening to a self-pitch. That's DisneyFans.com secret.